Good morning, everyone. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned into Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. Welcome to season two. I um, wanted to welcome you to our third, this third episode? Yeah, our third, our third episode. episode yes. <laughs> We've had a few little experts in between, some, some little juicy uh, tidbits and reveals, but this is actually our third full episode. Yay, and, um, yes. It is entitled VIP Only, Examining Partiality Within the Body. And we have our guest minister, Brother David Duncan. He is the minister of the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston, Texas. But let's take care of some housekeeping first. So if you are tuned in to our YouTube channel, please click the like and subscribe button so you can get our push notifications every Monday through Friday, every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Pacific. You can find us at www.letsoaptop.org on Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. And last but not least, please do not forget to visit us on our social media platforms under Soap Talk Christian Podcast. We can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So now let's Soap Talk. Good morning and thank you for that wonderful introduction, sis. Um, But before we introduce our special guest, we want to jump into the scriptural guidance for the episode. And it's coming from um, the book of James. So please grab your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, your cell phone, if you have a Bible app, and if not, if neither, then just follow along. It comes from James chapter two, uh, verses one through nine. And it reads, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or you sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme the noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for that, uh, those beautiful scriptures. And as everyone is going to see you, that will set precedence to the rest of this, uh, this interview. But without further ado, I would like to introduce to you our honored guest for today's episode. His name is Brother David Duncan. He is not a stranger to this podcast. He is the minister of the Memorial Church of Christ here in Houston, Texas, and he's my minister, guys. So welcome, Brother Duncan. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for uh, being on with us. We're having a little technical difficulties this morning, so we're finally getting on. So we're thank you for being patient with us this morning. So well, no uh, problem. Anytime I can help, I want to. Well, we appreciate your presence. Thank you. And so thank you for that beautiful introduction, sis. And so now let's jump into the interview. So um, for the for our new listeners, um, would you revisit? Uh, how you came to faith in Christ, and um, when did you have that unmistakable uh, road uh, to the uh, to Damascus experience, if you will, 
who baptized you and what circumstances surrounded that decision? Okay. Well, I, uh, my sisters, I have two sisters. They're 13 and 17 years older than I am. I was kind of a surprise baby. And at that same time, my parents who were not attending any type of church at the time had kind of given up on finding something they were, they would be interested in were asked, um, by a furniture salesman in a kind of a public speaking course they were taking this furniture salesman asked them to study the bible and they did and after a short time my dad was baptized and then he started preaching full time after uh, about a year which most people don't want a preacher that new but there are churches that needed preachers and he got a job and then my mom was baptized after he was preaching full time and so I was just a little baby. I don't remember any of that. But when he came to Christ, he was wholly convicted. But um, when I was seven, we found out he had cancer. And then he died when I was 12. And But he preached those 12 years. And so our home was a little bit different maybe than some homes in that um, we realized that life was fleeting and that it could be over at any time. And so he preached that way. We talked that way. And I think by the time I was about uh, 10 years old, I was really ready to be baptized. My parents went on Bible studies three or four nights a week, evangelistic Bible studies, and I was there with them. And so I knew book, chapter, and verse for years. I knew it all. And, but it still wasn't totally in my heart yet and in, in, my, in my mind. And so... One day, a girl my age, her mom called her house on a Sunday afternoon and asked my dad if, if they would baptize their daughter right then. And I had been praying that someone would ask me to be baptized. And my mom turned around and asked me, do you want to be baptized? I said, what? <laughs> like that. And she said, no, do you want to be baptized too? And I said, I do. Mm -hmm. And so... My dad got off the phone and he said, I need to go get my shoes so that we can go to the church building and baptize this girl and you. And I was so scared that Jesus was going to come back before my dad got his shoes on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so I was actually the last person he baptized before he died. He died two months later. So in some ways, that's really special that I got to be that one. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That is special. It's incredibly special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Sure. Thank you so much for those, uh, for that experience. And thank you for sharing, uh, your background, brother Duncan. Uh, well, I think partiality is uh, literally, I mean, it's putting one person or one group above another. Uh, different versions of the Bible translate it different ways. Partiality, like you had in your version, NIV has uh, favoritism is the way they put it. The old King James may have said it the simplest in respecter of no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we still use that phrase. It all means the same thing. It's just trying to figure out what that word is. And so the Bible's pretty strong about partiality, that that's not what, uh, what is intended is for us to be partial 
there is this, there are a few times we are supposed to be partial, but that's not very often. Like, for example, you should be partial toward your spouse and not just say, hey, whoever. So there is yeah. a place you should mm-hmm. be partial. You should be partial toward your children as far as that doesn't mean you're going to let them play on the football team if you're the coach when they're not the best player, but you ought to be taking care of your own kids. Mm-hmm. And so there is a sense we're partial. In uh, Galatians um, chapter six, it talks about do good to all people, but especially the household of faith or the household of believers. And so we want to make sure that those who are Christians are taken care of, and then we'll help other people too. And so there is a sense of where you are partial sometimes, but in the general sense, I know of what we're using today, it's more like favoritism or looking down on someone because of what they wear, their race, what they do for a living, or whatever it may be that distinguishes them as being different than we are. Absolutely. And um, the root cause of, of um, prejudice and favoritism, does the Bible say um, something about that? Well, I think, I think, um, I thought I, I thought I had invented this, but a long time ago, I realized I have invented nothing. Third grade, I thought I had invented the phrase fuzzy wuzzy was a bear and realized that already was out there. <laughs> so I think the definition of sin is selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that I'm prejudiced sometimes is because I'm selfish. And, and sometimes uh, to go along with that, which also plays into my selfishness, is that I'm not, I'm insecure. And so, oh, what does that mean if, if those people don't look like me? Are they not going to like me? Or, oh, I want to know famous people. I want to be a name dropper. And so I'm going to show partiality that way. And it really comes back to my own need uh, to make myself number one. And so I'm always feeding myself and partiality uh, or prejudice is a part of that, a feeding it goes all the way back to the Garden of, of Eden. Yeah. And so we've been dealing with it a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I thank agree. you. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. And so now the next question is, can you give us some examples of how the issue of regarding people because of external factors presented itself in the early church? Sure. Um, one of the earliest examples is uh, in the early chapters of the book of Acts, when you have the widows, some versions say the Hebraic uh, widows and, and the Grecian widows. And what that really means when it says Hebraic, those were of a culture, a Jewish, they were Jews who had become Christians of a traditional culture and the Greek Jews still are Jews who become Christians, but, they, but they're foreigners, so to speak. They're from other countries and, and they probably don't even speak Hebrew, the language that the others would have spoken or Aramaic. They might've only spoken Greek or, or some other language, but particularly, particularly Greek. And so it looks like what is happening in that passage, the Grecian uh, widows complain because we're not getting our food. And the apostles are giving food to everybody, all the widows. And the Hebraic widows, they're getting theirs, but the Grecian widows aren't. Mm-hmm. Well, I think 
as often happens, I think it is it was an unintentional show of partiality. Mm. You know, if someone speaks your language and you have things in common, you just automatically are going to talk to them more. For yeah. one thing, if they mm-hmm. speak your language, you can understand what they're saying. Exactly. And then if you just have things in common, you know, you have two kids and I have two kids and, and you go to the same school, yours go to the same school my kids go to. Well, it's just easy. And yeah. you don't even realize that you've done it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think what's happening in that passage is they didn't speak. So they, they were, or, or were of a different culture. So they were not getting their daily food. And so the apostles didn't fight that. The apostles said, Hey, we got to find a way to figure that out. So they gathered everybody together to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then they chose seven men full of the spirit who could do that job of taking the food. What's interesting is all of the names that of the men who were chosen, like Stephen and Philip Nicanor, they were all of a Greek background. They got men who knew the culture, knew the language, and would be able to take care of the issue that was going on. And so that's probably the first example. Another well-known example that we often think about um, that we've already we've already talked about in James when a wealthy person comes into your service Mm -hmm. and you say, Oh, look at that person. You know, we all want to, we all want to, to talk to them. We want them to sit in the, in the right place. We want to give them the most uh, honor. And so that was another. And obviously James said, that's not right. In Jesus, we are all one. You know, what Paul said in Galatians three is that there's, uh, neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male nor female, free nor slave. We are all one in Christ Jesus, that that all people should be the same whenever the body of Christ uh, is thought about. Not just when the body of Christ meets, but the body of Christ, everybody is the same at all times. Amen. 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 I agree. It is... Um... Partiality can have such a um, a negative impact. It can be a, a traumatic experience because I, I was talking to a young lady, and she told me that she was on her weight loss journey. And she she beautiful young lady. She, I would have never lost. Uh, I would never thought this, but she said she had just got through losing a hundred pounds. And I was like, wow, you know. I said, you look fantastic, you know. And she was telling me. Um, the differences between how people treated her when she was a hundred pounds heavier versus the hundred pounds lighter. She was like, when I was a hundred pounds heavier, people would talk, people wouldn't talk to me as much, you know, they wouldn't help me or, you know, they wouldn't give any type of assistance or they just had this look about them. But as soon as I started losing the weight, even family members would, would try, Hey, what's going on? Would you like to come over to our house for this? So she was like, it was very hurtful and it was very, um, you know, it was a traumatic experience for her because she was like, I'm the same person, you know, physically, I'm just, I'm just a little bit lighter, you know, in my weight. And so it's, it's, it's very traumatic to hear, um, because I think we're, we've all experienced partiality at one point in time in in different spectrums. So yeah, this is a great topic. Absolutely. And my, my, my question is what, what would make a person gravitate or why do you think we gravitate 
more toward, oh, let's say someone who comes in, they have like the scripture says the gold rings versus the person who we see is in dire need mm-hmm. of, you know, X, Y, and Z. Wouldn't as a Christian, we be more inclined to go to the poor person with more need versus the person, well, I'm not, and, and I'm talking about, um, externally you know because internally we we, it clearly says that you know a poor person can have you know even just a lot of faith you know so what what do you think that comes from brother Duncan to go more toward the person that externally looks like they have it together versus the person who uh, appears to be struggling I think it's kind of a multifaceted question Mm -hmm. um on one hand, it comes back to our carnal side that not just in our country, in almost every country, mm-hmm. people worship money mm-hmm. and we worship fame. And those are the things we really want. And we have this battle inside us. You know, Paul talked about in Romans, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things mm-hmm. I don't do, I want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we all have these struggles. And so then you see somebody who is what you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so you'll go talk to them sometimes and it is weight is one of those things or dress or obviously the first one we think of is race but it is it's not just race yeah and i i can i can only say this because because i'm a a white man Mm -hmm. but there have been times that that i have people have been partial toward against me Mm -hmm. so to say for Mm -hmm. different reasons Mm -hmm. and and that does happen to everybody sometimes mm-hmm. i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say it's the same i don't mean that but i'm mm-hmm. saying it does occur yeah um so sometimes it's this carnal thing in us that we worship money or we worship whatever it is the other person has even though we don't say those words it's what we want i think there's also a thing when we really love the church we really love god and we want the church to grow some of those people have money, have the ability to write a check and build the new building where yeah. they can write the check and send the missionary. Yes. And so you certainly don't want to upset those people, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> you need them for different things. And so I think, I think it's good natured sometimes, but still it's not right. Yeah. It's not right to say you can get whatever you want because of how much money you have. That's that will destroy any church, any organization of any type when you just let a person run wild because of how much money they have. Can't do that. So I think, I think that's, that's there too. Um, And I think, I think in our culture today, we really uh, adore fame. Mm. And I've been in places where famous people have come to our service. Mm -hmm. People just jump all over them. Mm-hmm. well they do because this is their chance just like you know if you're in the airport you'd want their autograph or whatever yeah. but when they come to worship they come to worship yeah that's not the yeah. place yeah. yeah and and i've seen that happen and and that's and that will mean that they won't be coming back probably because they don't want to deal with that yeah with that i did want to share a story on this that i thought think is really appropriate when we were living in oklahoma there was a big Baptist church not far from us. Mm-hmm. And one Sunday out in front of the, this Baptist church, there was a homeless man in on a hat and coat and dirty, <coughs> excuse me. And um, he was just sitting there 
And uh, then when the people went into the auditorium for the service, there he was down on the front row. And so the preacher said, we're glad you're all here today and glad we're here to worship. What a great church it is. And he said, I want you to meet my friend. And so he had that homeless man come to the microphone and he said, I want to know how, I want to know how many people talk to you today or how people mm -hmm. treated you. He said, well, most people walked around me. One guy gave me a dollar. Somebody gave me half a donut. <clears throat> but most people just walked on by or grabbed their kids' hands and walked on the other side. And he said, okay. And everybody's kind of mumbling to each other about it. Mm -hmm. And he said, go sit down. And then as he was walking away, he said, come back to the microphone. He said, what's your name? And the man said, Kirk Humphreys. Well, that doesn't mean anything to us. He was the mayor of Oklahoma City. And oh, wow. the preacher had it all set up. Now that's what wow. you call a moving sermon where you do that. Right. Fire, right? <laughs> yes. yes. But he had it all set up because he said, everybody wants to meet this man. You're trying to do business deals with him. Hmm. <laughs> Yet when he dressed that way and was on the sidewalk, you wanted nothing to do with him. Wow. And it's, that would really be, I remember that story just went all over, all over the city. Yeah. But that is, that has made me think twice, many, many times on the way I treat people, because I do not want to discriminate for whatever reason. Yeah. That concludes another episode of Soap Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.